Hello, and welcome to the Not a Shaman podcast, hosted by yours truly, Derek Fulton. Hi there. I took a little break from making episodes of my podcast because I've not quite been sure what direction I wanted to go with it. But these short episodes that can give you a quick positive lift or show you maybe a new perspective seems to be receiving good feedback. So I'll stick with this format for a while until I get a better setup and start having guests on my show to have more expansive conversations. But today, I would like to talk about the ego. The ego construct is the most powerful aspect of our lives. Our default mode as human beings is to assume that we are our ego. I would say that most people, when they hear the term ego, think that it means someone with an inflated sense of who they are, an inflated sense of personal value, with traits like arrogance attached to it. But the ego is so much more than that. You were born into this world with basically no ego, no sense of self. As a baby, you are a pure state of awareness. You have no thoughts or ideas about yourself. You are just taking in the world and your experiences and slowly forming a sense of identity. You could have been kidnapped at birth and raised by a set of different parents in a different location and had completely different experiences and you would turn out to be a fundamentally different person with different likes, different interests, different political and religious views you could have easily ended up the kind of person that you dislike as the person you are now. Of course, people carry certain traits through their genetics and DNA structures that condition certain attributes of who you are, which can be expressed or suppressed depending on how you unfold as a person. But as human beings, we only know what we are exposed to, which is why most people live inside of an ego bubble They view the world and their reality through a particular lens of ideas, truths, and ideological bends. When you were born as just a pure state of awareness, you had no name, no identity, no personality. All of those things were added to you through external forces. They were added to you through your experiences and through the people who surround your life. This is why ideologies in all forms can be a problem, whether you're raised religious, atheist, with certain political beliefs, with certain cultural views, you are closed off to other ways of thinking. You are given a predetermined pattern of ideas that you subscribe to that gives you a sense of structure for your life. Whether they are bad or good ideas, you never really control who you are. External forces do. The recognition of this was a major turning point in my life. I once viewed the world as from my identity, like I am Derek Fulton, a person who is fairly shy, likes to play video games, can be antisocial but in the right moment or with the right people, can be a social butterfly. I would describe myself as a person who's into fitness and being healthy. In years past, I would describe myself as very religious conservative, Republican, all these characteristics I use to describe myself are nothing more than a culmination of my experiences throughout my life. 
They weren't there when I was born. They were added to me. I am the awareness of Derek Fulton, not actually Derek Fulton. When you go outside and stare at a tree or something in nature, or honestly anything, just observe it with no thought or judgment, you tap into that state of awareness. You can tap into the state of awareness through meditation, through exercise, through music, doing things that pull you outside of yourself, removing the biases from your mind and attempting to view the world from an objective perspective. Try to put yourself in someone else's shoes and recognize if you were given the culmination of their experiences, you likely would be them too. This is where the idea of free will gets a little muddy. On a micro scale, free will feels real. You can decide what to do or what not to do in your day-to-day -day life. But when you zoom out and look at the big picture of your life, how much of those decisions are influenced by the things that have happened to you, things that helped form your personality and your opinions. Recognizing this starts to break down the grip that the ego construct has on your life. This does not mean that the ego has no place in your life. The ego is necessary and important to be a human being living on earth and in society. Your ego helps keep you alive and allows you to operate in a dog-eat-dog -dog world. It kept us from being eaten by other animals in our early stages of development. It gives us a sense of importance, a reason to be alive. The issue lies when it fully consumes who you are. If your mind is set to function as through your ego only, you lose free will and are equal to a robot when you're fully plugged into the matrix of your ego. To overcome the ego, you must start a spiritual awakening, a recognition that the world you live in is not quite what you thought it was, that the ideas you've latched onto and defaulted as true are only there because of the external experiences you've had. And if you had the external experiences of another person, you'd likely think like they do too. For me, this revelation came from a psychedelic mushroom trip. I experienced something called ego death or ego dissolution. I've spoke on this in the first episode of my podcast. It completely dissolved my sense of self. I felt what it was like to die as an experience. It doesn't mean that it permanently killed my ego, but it suspended it for me in that moment. It disconnected my ego from the awareness I am behind all of it. It was terrifying. I couldn't remember my past, what I did for a living, or the name of, or anything about my only child. It ripped my ego to shreds and showed me how cruel and fucked up a person I was showed me how I came across to other people, showed me how I've hurt other people, showed me how weak I actually was when I was living a lie that I was strong. This was an extreme approach to an assault on my ego, not something I would ever tell someone to pursue or to try. It happened to me on accident. I didn't know bad trips were a thing. I assumed, like, smoking marijuana, mushrooms would help you be in a good mood. But psychedelics don't work that way. 
They only enhance what is going on in your mind. And if you've got a bunch of bad shit clogging your brain, it will manifest during the experience and force you to face it. I'm not recommending you do this, but if you ever try, take these substances with extreme caution in the right state of mind and in the right setting with an intention behind it to better know yourself. It can be a beautiful, powerful thing. Psychedelics aren't the only way to loosen the grip of your ego. Some people start the journey of awakening through trauma that happens in their life, or the birth of a child, a death of a loved one. Some event that steps you outside of yourself allows you to look at the bigger picture of human existence. It makes you understand that no one really knows what's going on with this existence in regards to ideology. We're all trapped in this cycle of living and dying. Everything you know about life comes from your experiences and from what other human beings taught you, ranging from learning language, understanding your emotions, understanding culture, being able to interpret things, this cycle has existed throughout all human beings throughout all of time. You can't have faith in anything without first having faith in human beings. Yet all of us are flawed. Take everything with a grain of salt. But there is such freedom in letting go of aspects of your ego. To not be weighed down by the expectation of others and the world itself. You learn to not be so hard on yourself and not to be so hard on others for thinking or feeling different from you about things. This isn't an easy process. It's hard to start, but once you start, you'll never look back. You realize that behind all of the persona everyone puts on, behind the mask we all put on and hide what's behind it, there is an awareness that we come from, and in that awareness we are the same, we are one. I find the definition of Namaste, a popular greeting in Indian culture, to be very appropriate right now. It means, my soul honors your soul. I honor the place inside of you where the entire universe resides. I honor the light, love, truth, beauty, and peace within you, because it is also within me. In sharing these things, we are united. We are the same we are one. If walking down the spiritual path is something that seems too hard or too impossible, don't fret, that's a part of the journey too, is overcoming that fear. But once you start, you can never stop. It is all-consuming like a roaring fire. It slowly begins to take importance over everything else in your life and forces you to take action. If you've already started walking down this path, and feel like you've messed it up or fallen off, don't fret, because you can't fall off the path either. Whatever is on your plate is the path. You just have to look at what's in front of you and see what it's telling you about your ego. This journey brings immeasurable peace and love once it is recognized and applied. You may say, I don't have time for that, I have kids, or my schedule is too busy, or I'm too tired from work, these are all excuses your ego is making to prevent you from breaking the chains and becoming free. It would rather you stay in your comfort zone, not take risks. You may say, what about helping others? 
how can I do that if I'm focusing on healing myself? It's not an either-or proposition. You help others by first helping yourself. Being a beacon of hope to end the mental slavery we are defaulted into in this reality. How can you love your neighbor as yourself if you don't love yourself? Namaste. This concludes the fourth episode of the Not A Shaman podcast. Thanks for tuning in.